Today FM. Oh, it's on. Good evening from the Mansion House in the centre of Dublin where this evening, Friday the 2nd of June 2017, Leo Varadkar has been elected the new leader of Fine Gael. It's Gavin Riley here. This is a strange edition of That Was The Week. Obviously with so much going on it's been difficult to try and do a digest so we'll have back with full proper podcast service next week. In the meantime here in full is Leo Varadkar's first press conference as the new leader of Fine Gael and the man destined to become Ireland's youngest ever Taoiseach. There's, there's no need for standing ovations, but you're very kind. Um, just before, we, we're going to go straight to questions, because I spoke uh, earlier already, um, but just before we do, I really want to be associated with Martin's remarks uh, about, um, about the staff, uh, the staff of Fine Gael who ran um, a really good event in the last couple of days. Uh, hostings that were very professionally run, which really helped to re-energise and reinvigorate our party, um, and also uh, the ballots and the polling that was carried out all over the country. Uh, and I think it just shows, gives you a taste of what we can do uh, as a truly engaged uh, and democratised party. And as far as I'm concerned, party democracy and engagement didn't end with this vote. It's just the start uh, of a very different, very dynamic, very engaged uh, and very democratic party. And as well, I just wanted to thank Martin, uh, who has shown um, extraordinary patience, extraordinary impartiality, and I think has conducted um, his role as chairman of the party um, without a flaw or any flaw uh, in the past, um, past couple of months, and particularly during this contest, and I'm very grateful to him for that. Uh, right, so uh, first question there to Martina Fitzgerald from RTE. Priorities in your documents and during the campaign. Can you give us an indication of what your policy priorities are going to be during your first 100 days uh, as leader? And also, we saw there's a lot of members of the parliamentary party here. Can you give us the scale of your promotion demotion plans, including what you're going to confer on Simon Coveney? <laughs> um, um, I'll start, I'll start with, with, the, with the, the second question first. Um, I spoke to Simon Coveney earlier on. We're going to try and meet up tomorrow and have a discussion about that. And, uh, you know, I think he's had a fabulous campaign and has really uh, gained uh, the admiration of, of the membership. And uh, his, I think his stock has raised, gone up in everyone's estimation. So we'll talk tomorrow about that. Um, as regards other positions, I haven't really given that any detailed consideration at this stage. Um, I have been elected party leader of Fine Gael, have not yet been elected Taoiseach, so obviously there'll need to be conversations uh, with um, the independent members of the cabinet uh, and as well uh, the leader of Fianna Fáil uh, in the coming days um, uh, in addition to that. Um, in terms of the priorities in, in the next uh, couple of months, obviously first among those has to be Brexit in Northern Ireland. I had a very a kind phone call from Arlene Foster, my former counterpart in Northern Ireland. We worked together for three and a half years as, um, as tourism ministers and she rang me there just before, uh, I, just, just in the break. Um, and uh, obviously we're going to, uh, after the British and UK elections, uh, work in particular uh, on Brexit and Northern Ireland because the negotiations on both of those issues, putting together an executive in the North uh, and coming to an agreement on Brexit will uh, begin once those elections are done. There's also the public sector pay deal and I know good progress is being made on that. We would hope to conclude that before the summer recess, well before the summer recess. Uh, there will be a new uh, capital programme 
and that capital programme will be informed by some of the policies and ideas that I put forward. So I anticipate that to be a very ambitious programme of capital development. Uh, and uh, also, obviously, uh, there'll be a necessity that um, uh, I, I reconfirm and reaffirm the constant supply agreement that we have with Fianna Fáil, which, as you know, runs over three years, uh, and also the programme for government that we have with the independents. Right, so, uh, sorry, what I didn't say to start is we'll be taking questions for 30 minutes, so we're two minutes into it. Uh, Kevin Doyle from the Irish Independent. Uh, congratulations, Mr. Radker. Thank you. Uh, first off, on Fianna Fáil, you mentioned them there. Uh, you've been very critical of them in the past, uh, said some things that we probably couldn't say as this is airing live, but do you think there's going to be a problem with them? Micheál Martin has already issued a statement tonight uh, saying that there's completely unsatisfactory progress around housing, um, around health, around education and other areas like that. And also in your speech earlier, you mentioned uh, that this is uh, no republic for prejudice. Can you maybe just tell us a little bit about what this means personally uh, for you to take on this job and presumably Taoiseach in a few weeks' time? Sure, thanks, uh, thanks very much, Kevin. Um, what we have with Fianna Fáil, as you know, is an agreement for three budgets and we have a commitment in place to honour everything in the confidence supply agreement over the course uh, of three years. I'm absolutely committed to doing that. Uh, and I'm sure that in the conversations that I will have with Fianna Fáil in the coming days, um, they will want an assurance that we will honour that agreement um, and they will get that assurance. Uh, what we won't be doing, though, is renegotiating it. It is an agreement between two parties, between Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil, not an agreement between any individuals. Uh, so it won't be renegotiated, but we will absolutely have a discussion with them about honouring our side of the deal, which is to implement all the measures in it. Uh, in terms of what it mean, means for me, it's, um, it's, it's still a bit surreal, to be honest. It's still a bit sinking in. Um, I was thinking I might go to bed tonight and wake up Minister for Transport, Tourism and Sport and wonder, did everything that happened in the past two years really happen? <laughs> but um, um, but um, what I did say in my speech, though, and I do really mean it, um, you know, Ireland is, is a wonderful country, uh, and it is the kind of country that if people are given the opportunity to succeed, uh, they can succeed. Uh, and really, any, any child growing up in Ireland now, I hope, uh, looks at me and my unlikely story uh, and my background and everything about me and perhaps says to themselves uh, that there is no office in this state that they can't aspire to, uh, nothing that they can't do if they believe in themselves. Uh, but our job as a, as a party is to make sure that every person in our, in our country actually has those opportunities uh, because we don't have equality of opportunity in this country. There's great inequality of opportunity in this country. Uh, but as a party, I want us to dedicate ourselves to building a republic of, of opportunity, uh, the kind of which I spoke about uh, in my acceptance speech, and it's a theme I hope to develop uh, much more in the years ahead. Uh, Pat Leahy from the Irish Times is down here. Um, firstly, uh, what's your reaction to your overwhelming defeat amongst the members uh, of the party. And secondly, you'd be thrilled uh, to hear, no doubt, that you've been congratulated by Gerry Adams this evening, and he's also called on you uh, to immediately call an election. So can you tell us what you're thinking about an election is? Is it that there definitely won't be an election this year, or is it that that's not your plan at the moment? Um, I'm Obviously, very grateful for um, for or for Jay Adams' kind words and congratulations. I haven't seen them myself, but um, uh, they're obviously, of course, very welcome. Uh, also received um, a letter from Theresa May just now, uh, con uh, congratulating me. So I'm very grateful for that too. Um, there are absolutely no plans uh, for an early general election. It's not something that I'm planning. 
Uh, we have a three-year agreement with Fianna Fáil, an agreement for three budgets. I intend that we honour it, and I also intend that we honour the agreement that we have with the Independent Alliance. It's not something that's entirely within my control or in the control of our party, but an agreement is an agreement, and when you make it, you should stick to it, and that's what I intend to do. Um, Shane Harrison has travelled with the BBC. Congratulations, Mr. Varadkar. Can I first of all ask you about the phone call with Arlene Foster? How important will restoring devolution in Northern Ireland be? About Brexit, you've spoken about a special status for Northern Ireland uh, because of Brexit. Can you flesh out what you mean by that in terms of the single market and the customs union? And in a wider European context, there's an awful lot of talk of the UK being punished, can't be seen to gain by, by Brexit. Do you go along with that view that the UK has to be seen to be worse off? Uh, well, I suppose to answer your, your first question first, I think restoring power sharing, restoring an executive in Northern Ireland is of crucial importance. We're heading into the next phase of negotiations on Brexit, and I think it's absolutely essential that uh, Northern Ireland has an elected executive that can actually make uh, their case for them. Obviously, there are elections underway uh, in the UK, which includes Northern Ireland. Uh, so uh, what I would anticipate is once those elections are done, we'll have an opportunity uh, to get the parties together uh, and try to put together an executive. And our government, as co-guarantor of the Good Friday Agreement, will play its part in making sure that happens. Um, what I haven't spoken about is special status. Uh, what I've spoken about is what has been the consistent government position uh, which is special arrangements. We accept the constitutional status of Northern Ireland, that it is part of the UK, uh, until such a time as the people there decide otherwise. And as a result of that, Northern Ireland will leave the European Union with the United Kingdom. Uh, but we do think there should be special arrangements for Northern Ireland. Uh, it is a special place. Uh, and we would like to work with the new executive when it is formed uh, to define what that is, but particularly what we'd like to see uh, remain as much and as close as possible relationship uh, between the North and the South. And, uh, an invisible or non-existent economic border in particular, uh, and Northern Ireland remaining in as many EU programmes as possible. Programmes like Interreg, for example, which are hugely important in border communities uh, when it comes to peace building uh, and, and funding as well. In relation to, uh, to Britain, uh, it has always been the view of the Irish government and remains the view of our party uh, that we don't want Britain to be punished. Uh, Britain has made a decision to leave the European Union. We regret that decision, uh, but we do respect it. Uh, and a hard Brexit, whether it's a hard Brexit driven from London or a hard Brexit forced on London, uh, is one in which Ireland uh, could be a big loser because of the importance of our economic links and other links with Britain. Uh, but we are part of the 27, we are at the heart of Europe and we will continue to be the heart of Europe. But what we want to have as much as can be achieved is a free trade agreement so that trade can continue as normal between our two countries uh, and also retaining uh, the common travel area are the reciprocity of civic rights, uh, the effect of common citizenship that allows Irish people to, Irish and British people to live, work, reside, um, access social welfare, pensions, healthcare, housing in each other's countries as though we are citizens of both, and we're keen to retain those arrangements. Ursula Halligan there with TV3. Congratulations, Leo. Thanks, Ursula. You won the parliamentary party handsomely, but as a result, isn't there now a huge level of expectation among your supporters for advancement. How are you going to keep everybody happy? Um, 
I, would, I, I suppose it's never possible in politics to keep everyone happy. That's, that's the nature of, of, of the business. Uh, and I am really humbled and overwhelmed by the really strong support uh, that I received from the parliamentary party. Um, I suppose uh, 51 was the maximum we thought we could possibly win in the parliamentary party, and, and that was the figure on the day. So uh, I always had uh, faith in the honesty of my colleagues uh, when they said they would um, give you support that they would, and they all did, uh, and I'm extremely grateful for that. Um, but obviously, uh, it's never going to be possible to promote all of the people who you'd like to promote. And what we have, this is my third parliamentary party, it is easy the most talented. Uh, we have some really great people, uh, and inevitably it's not going to be possible to uh, satisfy all the wishes that I would have to promote people. But I will put together as good a team as I possibly can, um, and uh, everyone will have a role to play. And I think the most important thing, of course, for parliamentarians isn't necessarily uh, their own position, it's uh, having a rewarding job. And the job of a politician is most rewarding when you're making a difference in people's lives and you're making the country a better place. Senator Maloney. Congratulations, Mr. Varadkar. Um, I'd like to ask my local Dublin West TD um, to answer Pat Leahy's question in the first place. Sorry, about, yes, of course. Yeah. About uh, to what do you attribute your defeat amongst the membership and do you consider whether your liberal views on abortion might have played a part? Um, but more importantly, my question is about uh, Angarda Shekana. You established your leadership credentials by praising the Garda whistleblowers as distinguished when they had been described as disgusting. Uh, is it now your intention when you become Taoiseach to bring home to the current Garda Commissioner responsibility for the scandals that have plagued her force and disgraced this nation? Uh, I, well, to answer your first question first, uh, I, I think what happened really is that um, Minister Coveney won the admiration uh, of the party members by staying in the contest and showing enormous grit and enormous resilience. There was definitely a feeling among members uh, that because uh, so many members of the parliamentary party and so many councillors uh, declared their intention to support him or me very early that they were being excluded from the contest uh, and he brought the contest to the members uh, and I think uh, they really responded uh, to that. Um, but obviously uh, I have no doubt that they're going to rally behind me uh, and uh, continue to rally behind the party as they have in the past and there's also a big opportunity now to engage the members more to make the party more democratic, to engage them in much more decision-making when it comes to policy and strategy. And also what I'd particularly like to do is reach out to new members. It's been a long time since there's been an influx of new members and new activists uh, on a large scale into Fine Gael. And I hope that as party leader uh, I'll be able to do that. In terms of the Guardian Commissioner, as I've said on many occasions, uh, the government uh, remains uh, and retains confidence in the Guardian Commissioner. A lot of the issues that are uh, currently under, under investigation are still under investigation, and we'd like to see the outcome of those investigations before uh, making any change of policy. Sitting just behind Senin is Christina Finn from the Journal.ie. Hi, uh, congratulations, uh, Mr. Rutger. Um, my question is in terms of how you want to build Fine Gael's membership. Um, it, during the hustings, you know, you said that you wanted to represent, I suppose, certain uh, pe uh, people in Ireland. And how are you going to reach out? Some people have said you're, you're not inclusive. Um, how are you going to show them that that's, that's the case? Uh, yeah, I, I was at, um, I, I was at a, uh, an event in Neath yesterday. It was um, John Bruton's 70th birthday, or a special 
event the Finnegan members uh, put on for John Bruton to honour him uh, on his 70th birthday. And he said something which I thought was very interesting and really resonated with me. And he said to me that politics is about disagreement. Uh, if, if, if everyone agreed on everything, we wouldn't need politics. Uh, so, of course, uh, everyone doesn't going to, isn't going to agree with us and everyone shouldn't join Fine Gael. But there are lots of people who vote for us, lots of people who share our values, hundreds of thousands of them. Um, and I'd like to see more of them becoming involved in our party and being activists in our party. And I think there's two ways to do that. Uh, we've demonstrated by the process in the last couple of weeks that unlike a lot of other parties, uh, we now genuinely engage our members and give them a decision-making role. I'd like to build on that. I'd like us to have a real Ardesh again. Uh, people love the hustings. They love the fact there was a real debate. They love the fact that there was a vote. And I'd like us to have uh, real Ardesh again, policy conferences, and actually engage members in making key decisions, uh, not just about candidates in their constituencies, uh, but also about policy and strategy for the party. Uh, so it's about really empowering the membership. And the second will be about finding new ways to connect with people um, and engage people the traditional model for a political party is to have a local branch roughly based on a parish boundary. And for a lot of people that works very well, and I wouldn't propose to do away with local branches or anything like that. But particularly for people who are young or middle-aged, uh, they tend not to engage on that way. They tend to engage either around the profession they're in, uh, the place they work, uh, or often online. And I think we need to find new ways to uh, engage people in that way, engage them in particular campaigns and social networks. So if people don't want to be involved in the party through attending local branch meetings, there should be lots of different avenues which they can avail of to become involved. Elaine Lachlan from the Irish Examiner is right here in front of us. Congratulations firstly, um, Mr. Franker. Just on the issue of the Independence and the Independence Alliance, would you be willing to keep all of those ministers in their positions or would you like to see them changed? And secondly, I suppose, given that 65% of the grassroots members did vote for Simon Coveney, surely you can't deny that this has caused a split in the party between the elected members and the local grassroots members. Um, I don't think it's a split. There's a difference of opinion uh, among the um, uh, elected members uh, and the ordinary members. Um, but needs to say there were elected members who didn't vote for me and there were ordinary members who didn't vote for Simon Coveney. Uh, but what's always going to be the case in a political party and, uh, and it's definitely going to be the case here in Fine Gael, is that people will accept the outcome. The overall outcome was clear, it was 60-40. Uh, it's been accepted already by Minister Coveney in a very gracious way in the way he spoke earlier. And I have no doubt that the party will uh, come behind me as leader uh, and we will then bring the party forward because our driving force and our overall commitment and the reason why we exist as a party is to bring good government to Ireland, uh, to make the country a better place and to improve people's lives. And we're not going to get, particularly at a time when we're in government, uh, we're not going to get absorbed with internal issues when we have so many challenges ahead and so many tasks to do. And I've no doubt that the party will come together uh, in that regard. Sorry, I've got the first part of your question. Yeah, I'd, I'd be happy for them to remain in their existing, uh, uh, in their existing positions. I um, had an opportunity to have a chat with Finian McGrath today, not about that, but just uh, about um, uh, life in general, leadership and the future. Uh, we had a good chat um, and um, spoke to Shane Ross yesterday about some issues uh, uh, that he wanted to raise with me. So I'd be happy for them to stay in their positions, but I will of course be meeting uh, with the independent ministers in the next couple of days uh, to hear from them uh, what they would, where, where they would like to be and what they would like to do. Uh, Gavin Riley from Today FM, down the middle. 
Um, Minister, congratulations and to you and to your family on that. It's obviously a significant achievement for you and the best of wishes. Um, you and your rival Simon Coveney uh, fought on different policy platforms. Obviously yours has prevailed, but to some degree, this not being a general election, you are constrained in the policies that you can implement because you have a programme for government with the independence, you have the deal with Fianna Fáil, which you've already said you don't intend to, to amend. So with that in mind, how exactly will your administration and your tenure look different from the one that we've already had? How will ordinary people know that we are no longer in the end of Kenny era and that we are now in the Leo Varadkar era? Yeah, well, I, I think the most important thing to say is, is we are the same party. You know, I was a member of a government uh, led by Enda Kenny um, for the past six years, uh, a government that has turned this country around economically. Uh, just look where we were six years ago and where we are now, and look where countries like Greece and others that chose a different course are now. So my election as leader now, um, and uh, hopefully as Taoiseach uh, in the next couple of weeks, uh, isn't an abrogation of Enda Kenny's period in office. I would be proud and honoured uh, to continue the work he has done. And if I can be as good a Taoiseach as he has been, and as good a leader as he has been, um, I'd be very happy if I can match the, uh, uh, the, that level. But, um, but it will be different in, in, in some ways. Uh, it'll certainly be a different personality. It'll be a different style uh, of leadership. Um, and as well as that, uh, we're moving into a different phase in our country's history. And I think in many ways what we're seeing happening in, happening in Ireland, not just with uh, my election, but also uh, with the fact that we'll be able to renew our, our, our team, uh, is a change in generation of leadership in Ireland. We're one of the youngest countries in Europe, and we are going to see a change of generation in that sense. Uh, and we're also moving into a different period. We've had a very difficult decade, a very deep recession, the worst one in a generation. Uh, and the next 10 years are going to be different. They're not going to be about... Uh, getting not going to be just about getting the books back in order uh, or repairing our economy. They're going to be about how ambitious we can be about Ireland for the future, about the new social contract that I've talked about, about a much more ambitious and expansionary policy, uh, one that thinks about the future and thinks about how we can grow. So uh, really what I see myself is, is bringing on uh, from what Enda Kenny has done and not trying to be the opposite of it. And proving that print isn't dead, Dave Lines from the Times Online with our first print edition tomorrow. Very good, so I'm delighted to hear it. <laughs> um, congratulations, Minister. Can I ask firstly whether you see the programme for government um, and the confidence and supply deal as rigid documents that cannot be touched in the next week or so? Or are you basically just having sort of a renewal of marriage vows uh, over the next while? And then secondly, in relation to the grassroots, can you just maybe go over, give us a why as to why you actually think you lost that cohort? And thirdly, very quickly, um, when would you imagine we would have a referendum on the Eighth Amendment, and will that be your first referendum? Um, uh, sorry, what, what the first question again? So many questions. Yeah, um, the, the, the agreements are there, they stand. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, they are three-year agreements, uh, the constant supply agreement with Fianna Fáil uh, and the programme for government that we have with, um, uh, with independence. But it's never been the case that the constant supply agreement or the agreement that we have with independence, the programme for government, should be the limit of the ambition as to what a government can do. So yes, we will honour those agreements, we will implement them, but there are other things that I'd like to do as well. 
and I've set many of them out in the paper that I published uh, a couple of weeks ago. I've also conceded that it won't be possible to do all of those things uh, in this government, but perhaps uh, in future governments they can be done as well. So we will honour what's in both those documents, but that's not to say that we can't do uh, other things beyond that. Uh, I anticipate that there will be a referendum uh, on abortion next year sometime. As you know, the Oireachtas Committee will start its work quite soon, uh, and I'd anticipate that we will be in a position to put a question to the people sometime next year. Um, whether it's the first one or not, I can't say at this stage. There are a number of other referendums in, in the pipeline, uh, as you know. Uh, but I think it is important that the people do have their say uh, on this issue. Uh, but also, as I said during the campaign, it's very important that Fine Gael uh, is a big tent on this issue, is a warm house to people who hold all sorts of views on this very contentious issue. Uh, and that's uh, why I don't intend to impose a three-line whip on this issue. Chris Donoghue from News Talk down here on the left-hand side. Good evening, Minister. Well done. Um, Minister, have you spoken to Enda Kenny this evening? Do you suspect he voted for you? And do you have any job for him in the future? Um, spoke to Enda Kenny twice today. Uh, we, we ran into each other at breakfast this morning and we had uh, a chat then. And then I spoke to him just uh, in the break between the announcement and this press conference. Uh, so he congratulated me. Uh, I thanked him for uh, the fact that he is uh, leaving a country and a party in my hands in, in, in such a good state, <laughs> so much better state than it was when, uh, when he had the privilege to hold uh, this position. And we've agreed to talk again in the next couple of days about the transition uh, and obviously about um, uh, any role that he might play in the future. He is somebody who has uh, enormous ability, uh, enormous corporate knowledge, enormous experience, and I do hope that he will be available to assist the government and the party into the future. And he does, of course, remain president of the party at least until November. Uh, but we didn't get into any of the detail on that today. Um, in five minutes' time, we'll be taking... Uh, and he, he didn't disclose the vote, by the way, so I don't know. In about five minutes' time, we'll have uh, an opportunity for a photo with a new party leader and a parliamentary party. Uh, there's a lot of international ma media here. Uh, from Japan, we have Shinichi Kawadadada from the Asai Hisimbun, which is the biggest paper in Japan. Thank you. Uh, congratulations, Ms. Baraka. Uh, I have one question. Uh, uh, what would you like to do as a new Taoiseach to realize uh, uh, equality and uh, human rights of minority? Um, well, arigato, konnichiwa. Um, thank you very much, and uh, you're very welcome. Um, I suppose, uh, you know, Ireland is a country that has really changed and been, been transformed in the past 15 or 20 years. Uh, one of the things that I really want to prioritise, and I put it out uh, in, in the paper that I published uh, before um, this contest, was that we should ratify the UN Convention on the Rights of People with Disabilities. We're one of the few countries in the Western world not to do so, uh, and I'm very keen that we do that uh, as soon as possible and certainly this year, because that's one of the areas where I think uh, we need to do better uh, on human rights uh, and equality is, is in the whole area of disability. Michael Brennan from the Sunday Business Post. Can I ask you, Mr. Bradker, you spoke before about unifying the departments of public expenditure and finance. Uh, could you tell me if that's in your immediate plans to do it? And uh, you look like you're going to be Taoiseach at the age of 38 uh, in a very short time. How many th terms do you think you would possibly serve? As, um, as, as many as I elect me for, I suppose, <laughs> but um, I'm certainly not in my first, preference, first press conference going to put, um, uh, uh, give you any time limits like that. It's, it's got 
other politicians in all sorts of countries into terrible trouble before. So um, I, I'm going to learn learn from that uh, uh, from from that um, from that particular lesson. Sorry, the other part of your question. Oh yeah, um, again, again, haven't made haven't made a decision on that. Um, it's something that's open to consideration. But obviously, any change that you make in the structure of government departments has a knock-on effect. So, if I were to do that, it would allow us to create a new government department. But all these things have knock-on effects, and uh, uh, like I say, haven't had um, made a decision on that at this stage. Uh, Alison O'Connor from the Examiner had her hand up there for a while. Congratulations, Minister. Um, during Thank the campaign, you. a number of the parliamentary party members who were indicating that the, they were going to vote for you would have said privately that they felt you'd changed a lot in the, the last year or two or even would have used the word matured. And I'm wondering, is that something that you did consciously um, in preparation for leadership or is it something that you were even conscious of at all yourself? Um, well, I think, I think I heard you on the, on the radio talking about me a few, uh, a few weeks ago and... Um, uh, you describe me as a politician who's who's still evolving, uh, and I think I am a politician who's still evolving, uh, and, I'm, and I'm a person who's still evolving. And I think a lot of people uh, evolve throughout their lives uh, as they grow older, as they learn from their experiences, um, learn from mistakes, learn from achievements, and learn from other people. Um, and I think that's a good trait uh, that a lot of people have. So um, I think I'm still evolving, and I hope to continue to evolve. Sean Murray there from News Top, so Chris Vandebuder. Minister, what is your reaction to Donald Trump uh, withdrawing from the Paris Accord, and how will you put across Ireland's position on that? Uh, yeah, I think it's, um, it's, it's very disappointing uh, that uh, Donald Trump has indicated uh, his intention to withdraw the United States from the, the Paris Accord. Um, I think he mentioned in his speech when I watched it earlier on that he was elected to represent uh, Pittsburgh and not Paris. But whether you're in Pittsburgh or Paris or Port Leash, uh, we all breathe, breathe the same air uh, and we're all affected by the same climate. And America being the richest country in the world and historically the uh, country that has admitted the most CO2 emissions uh, in the world has an extra responsibility to show leadership uh, on this issue. And it's of great regret uh, that President Trump has indicated this decision. Uh, I join with other uh, European political leaders in saying that we are not open to a renegotiation uh, on this matter. We're committed to the accord. Uh, as a country, we need, to be, we, we need to do better from our side and actually living up to our commitments as well, uh, but we don't see any case for renegotiation. Uh, and of course, it is the case uh, that um, it's not possible for them to withdraw from it uh, until at least three years after it's ratified, so there is a period ahead. And I'm encouraged by a lot of uh, American states and American cities who are saying that they're going to go ahead anyway uh, and live up to the commitments that, ha that have been made on climate change, which also makes sense economically for lots of different reasons. We're moving uh, towards um, a much greener economy, one that is driven by modern technology, which is much less based on fossil fuels than the economy of the past. Congratulations, Minister. Um, you were part of the negotiating team that last year offered either junior or equal partnership in a coalition government with Fianna Fáil. So can we then accept that the logical position is that were the offer made to you after the next election, you would go in as a junior or 
equal partner in a full coalition government with Fianna Fáil? Yeah, you know, uh, you're, you're correct to say that we made an offer to uh, Fianna Fáil to form a government. Um, that offer was rejected by them. Uh, but having done so, I don't think it would be honest to say that we would ever rule out in future the possibility uh, of coalition with Fianna Fáil. But uh, I don't particularly want to get into the space of speculating about coalitions of the future um, because we are in a coalition. We're in a coalition with the Independent Alliance and a number of other independents. Um, and I think it's uh, somewhat inappropriate when you're in the middle of a waltz or in the middle of a tango to be looking over uh, that person's shoulder to see who else is lining up along the wall. So, um, so for, the, um, for, the, for the duration of my leadership of this party, that will be the answer to that question. And the last question, but certainly not the last waltz of the seat, we need to Jennifer Brader from the, the mail. Congratulations, Mr. Bracker. Um, can I just ask, you won an overwhelming majority of the parliamentary party. Um, did anyone in your camp give any of your supporters any promise of a future job? And secondly, can I ask, just in that vein, will Simon Coveney be your thonishta? Um I, you know, I, I certainly didn't, um, did, didn't make any such promises myself. Uh, you, you, you never know who might make promises on your behalf, but they certainly weren't authorised <laughs> if, if, if there were any such promises. Um, we have a Tanishta. The Tanishta is, is Frances Gerald. I think she's doing a really great job uh, as Tanishta, and I'm very grateful uh, to her for, for the support that she's given me.